Buenos Nachos, amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers, a podcast where a group of friends sit around and share music with each other and share their thoughts with each other in the air of community and friendship and love. I'm Peter Ray of your man with no plan. Here with me is my team, my squad, my crew. We've got Brett. Wow. We've got Drew. Squad goals. And we've got Patrick. Womp, 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 womp. And this time, once again, we have a guest. We have our friend, Mike, a.k.a. Avarant. How you doing, dude? Skirt. I didn't have a sound prepared. <laughs> uh, we're here. Talk about music. And, of course, our guest, as is tradition, has brought forth an album. Mike, what do you got for us this week? I have uh, Hot Snakes, Automatic Midnight. Yes. Uh, this is an interesting album to talk about. Um, let's talk about some expectations. Uh, I'll go with Brett. Brett, what, do you, what, what were your expectations coming into this album? Well, I, I wasn't aware i I did not recognize the band by the name uh but after listening i do remember having one of these songs in the rotation at the store uh where i peddled musical instruments but uh, I, I had really no idea what i was getting into um patrick what were your expectations coming into this album uh, i was somehow unaware of this despite the fact it's adjacent to several bands i listen to in a whole like corner of music and time of music I really liked, but I was young and stupid and did not, uh, did not really have good internet when this album came out. So I was not yet aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and true. What were your expectations coming into this album? Well, knowing who was bringing it helped. Um, I was expecting some punk rock. I was, I was expecting it to be a little, loud, a little brash at points, but I was expecting some punk rock. And we'll get into whether I was correct or not in a little bit. <laughs> but suffice it to say, again, yes. Drew has things to say. Other than that, I had no idea what I was getting into, and I should have. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have much of an idea. Of, uh, well, I, I think I had some ideas, but that didn't quite line up with uh, what ended up happening. But. Uh, but I wasn't quite sure what we were getting into with this album, but, uh, yeah, let's talk about it musically. Well, uh, Mike, how would you describe this album musically? Um, loud. Actually, I, the, um, the one thing I heard, uh, somebody describe it as at one point that I really liked, uh, is sinister. Like a lot of the chord sounds, um, give it kind of a, like, a darker edge to them even though when it's just kind of just straightforwardish rock and roll to a certain point there's still a lot of us like uh what feels like a pent-up darker emotion behind it than just what it is yeah uh yeah it is definitely a l- <laughs> loud and brash it definitely admi- uh, uh, apply uh brett how would you describe this album musically I mean, it's it's turn of the millennium, uh, lo-fi, and kind of genre melding. Like you can you can definitely see the 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 punk rock and the grunge influences. Um, 
uh, you know, they're they're they also have a sound that is still around today uh, um, in a lot of like lo-fi garage and indie bands. Um, by by lo-fi, it's not necessarily everything is clipping, and it, it it's not like a late '70s Misfits album. It's 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 intelligible. Um, it just doesn't it just isn't isn't like grown in a lab. You know, everything meticulously polished. Um, there's room noise and, you know, the dynamics aren't like what they have now. And every music, like everything sounds like a pop song. It's very, uh, mixed differently and on major label releases. And this is very, uh, it is not as, you know, it's, it's not a wall of sound. Um, there are some parts that are, uh, very, uh, very uncannily, uh, reminiscent of, uh, like some, some of the, uh, soon to follow uh indie rock bands uh and the vocals sometimes sounded like i was listening to a descendants record from 1984 but uh you know it, it's it's period it's very period correct for you know around the i mean this is this is a an album from a while ago um and the stuff tends to hold up pretty well um there's no real musical gymnastics going on but it's like you know, it's an album that's got plenty of groove, uh, and you can you can follow along pretty well, even at just casual listens. It's very inoffensive. Uh, the spring of the album, uh, somebody picks up a a, a a a spring reverb tank, and they shake it on on a certain song, and that's a it's a metallic. If you've ever dropped a guitar amp that has a reverb tank, uh, you you know that sound, and they use it to good effect. Um, Patrick, how would you describe this album musically? So for me, like I am, I'm a big fan of early 2000s post-hardcore, specifically Glassjaw and Blood Brothers and somehow not at the drive-in. I'm, I'm the one weirdo, but I also really what? like, I, I'm, the I'll, I'll, I'm the one, I'm the one. I'll yell I'm, at you later for being I feel <laughs> I'm not into at the drive-in. I'm not into Mars Volta. I don't know why. Just, it never you did like Glassjaw. God, get go on. Okay. But I'm also into you. this other corner of music called also conveniently called post hardcore that is like bands like Shellac and Fugazi and Slint, which are more uh they love their dissonance. And this to me is the missing link between the two. Uh it it has the sort of like lack of polish and lack of uh you know, like it's very much uh like DIY punk kind of ethos of the early like of of late 80s or like mid 80s late 80s early 90s post hardcore but then like it's you know like a punk edge more like you know the newer stuff and the vocals sound kind of like the dead boys but in like the best way possible like really roots punk music but i i don't i don't feel like it also like it's trying to be an old school punk record there's definitely more going on to it than than just that so interestingly enough like the first place i ever heard them was on a there was a website called transmission 3000 they used to be able to download like live shows for it and it had like shellac slint all those bands you just mentioned and at the drive-ins like live stuff on there mm-hmm. it was like all those and hot snakes nice um drew at the drive of that band that's better than Glassjaw. Um, how would you describe the album music? I will fight you. I am uninformed, <laughs> but I am behind you 100%. <laughs> um, so the first 
let me actually get into the mic. Uh, the first thing to me that hit was sort of the frantic energy of it all. There is just like it hits you over the head from the beginning to end. And I can appreciate that in some punk rock. And then as I sat down to it, I kept thinking to myself, wow, for some reason, this is reminding me a lot of a band that I really enjoy. I brought this up to Mike uh, in a message. This is reminding me a lot of Rocket from the Crypt. How have I never heard these guys before? Come to find out there was a reason for that. Um, But in that, uh, unlike uh, Rocket from the Crypt, this is much more a controlled chaos. Um, And why I say that is, like, it sounds frantic. It sounds insane at parts. But it's all melding in really, really well. Like, there's a really, really well thought out uh, point to it. Um, The guitar at points is distorted to the point of not sounding like a guitar um, to cool effects. Uh, The drums just end up being really simple because it's a punk record. And I always say, like, I don't like the guttural screams. I like but I do like the yelling. This is what I'm talking about when I say that. The, like, sort of pump your fist screaming that makes you want to scream as you're barreling down the road doing 85 is sort of where I dive into it. That um, The straight-edge kid likes guys screaming into a microphone? Go figure. Weird. <laughs> weird. Sweet. Almost like that's all Gorilla Biscuits and Minor Threat were. But <laughs> point being... um. There's just points where, like, the bass tone in it gets these, like, really crazy, brilliant moments. It's, it is how this never came into my wheelhouse, like, Patrick. I'm not 100% sure because I definitely dabbled in these circles back in the day. And it's it coming in now is like, wow, okay, no, this makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it, it was hearing that and, like, what came slightly after it with you get things like just coming in from other bands and stuff like that that you're like oh okay like this these guys must have had like a lot of ears because they had they had three other bands before this (laughs) like literally two dudes oh we've been in three bands and this is our fourth (laughs) and all of which are you know like rocket from the crypt like you said like all these bands that are like are on my guilt list of stuff i've never really listened to that i should oh man rocket from, yeah. i know I, the, we'll get to it but I'm, I'm gonna have to go down those rabbit holes mm-hmm. i'll bring uh, oh, oh man yeah i'm, I'm just i'll glad bring that, scream uh, dracula scream sometime like yes. oh, i'm just glad uh everyone else seemed to think positively at least someone positively uh like i did because like uh i was worried that the when listening to this album that was like oh this is this is this is a messy, hot mess of an album, and uh, yeah, whatever. Because uh, it's 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 not a it's it's brash and it's messy and it's but it's in, in a fun way. And I was, I was my concern was that y'all weren't gonna dig it, but I'm glad everyone dug it because I I really enjoyed this album. Just kind of just as an album to kind of like zone out to. This is one of my like. There's something like about this even though it is loud and like like you know it's punk rock album this is the kind of album where even though it's like has this high energy i'd still like kind of zone out and space out to and just have it like in my just fuzzing around in my brain it's just like 
If it uh, wasn't for the Mega Man 2 <laughs> themes, <laughs> the boss themes pulling me out of my zone, uh, I, I would agree 100%. But yes, yeah, yes, yes. I, that, that was... No, I do not disagree. I did enjoy my time. Yes. Um, yeah. But let's talk about some of the key tracks. Uh, Mike, what would be some of the key tracks for, for you? So I was thinking about this while I was listening to it again. And um, like on most of the albums I listen to, usually it's the first three tracks. They're like always the, like I have a lot of albums where I'll just like the first three tracks are like the best ones of the album that I'll, you know, listen to the rest of the album. This one, it's the last three. Like, um, was it Mystery Boy, which has uh, uh, John from Rockets from the Crypt as the singer? Because, like, the first time I heard it, I actually, because I knew Rockets from the Crypt before them. And the first time I heard it, I was just like, oh, they have the guy from Rockets from the Crypt guesting on it. And I didn't realize that uh, he was just the regular member. He was just the guitar player in this band instead of the lead vocalist. Um, so that track's awesome. And then I decided a long time ago that if I'm ever uh, if I'm ever in like a wrestling match or if I ever go to the boxing ring or something where I have to like really fight someone, uh, the second to last song on the album, Apartment O, that's gonna be my theme song. Like just going in. Just the it, I don't know if you remember specifically, but that was the instrumental one that's just like a minute long. Yeah. And just like really intense from the beginning to the end. I figure I'm gonna walk out to that one and then just get my ass kicked by whatever I've yeah. gotten myself into. Yes. Uh, and then the last one, Let It Come, just like kind of just keeps going up and down in terms of just intensity. Like it starts out extremely intense and then kind of just fades off into the drums and the guitar for a minute and then back up again and back up and back down over and over again. And for some reason, that one's like. Just grabs me every time. Yeah. Uh, okay, with the eyes for let it come. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some fantastic tracks yeah. right there. <laughs> it's kind of my flesh Friday. Tomorrow is Friday, which of course, well, I mean, not to date this when we record these episodes. Oh, just those, those, you, you. no one knows Thursday. The mystery. Uh, which of course means flesh. Um, flesh. Yes. <laughs> Flesh Fridays. Uh, shout out to uh, Team Pazuzu. Uh, Flesh Gord. Let's talk about, or, or, let's talk about some tracks. Brett. Again, <laughs> spaced out. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Okay. Uh, well, um, the, the album opens up in a way that I, I kind of enjoyed with uh, if credits what matters, I'll take credit. Um, it, it sort of sets the table for what you're going to get uh, and then leads into uh, the titular track uh, of Automatic Midnight, um, which I think I misspoke earlier, but it has the total like I'm fighting Birdo in Mario 2 as the uh, as the sound uh, that pulls me out of my little uh, magical like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually listening to something. Uh, it, it was uh, it was I, I I enjoy that. That is that is something that people can borrow because Mario 2 was something that was borrowed too. So um but uh it, it's also a song that sounds very uh descendancy in the vocals um which happens quite a bit. Um Mystery Boy uh is a song where the sprawling shows up and is used to good effect. It's a very weird percussive like I don't know a bunch of springs inside of a box that people rattle around and it it's kind of got some modulation on it. it. Sounds pretty cool. I wonder if they did it on the amplifier or what they had one like in somebody's hands those are things i would I, I, it's it's a noise that anybody who's kicked over a fender amp on accident 
or uh, like moved it around when you weren't supposed to. It's it's a it's a sound that I will never forget. But I I never thought of it being used in the way that it was. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, past lives uh, is a song that had a. It's more the I'll just touch on a little bit the opening of the of the track. There's a little like. It's just like a jam, like a, a, a general purpose jam that I hear to this day in people's houses or at bars. It's a very, you know, lo-fi, like simple, like somebody could play just some blues jam over it. It's it's uh, it, it's kind of neat how a sound from as far back as, as this album was um, has a sound that I can still find uh, in bars every night of the week in my small town. Um, so there there's a somewhat timeless quality i don't know it's you know almost 18 years or so um so it's it's kind of odd that that is that is a sound that is very digestible today when this album is old enough to vote almost so mm-hmm. um patrick what would we see with some of the key tracks for you uh title track automatic midnight um this sounded like time transported dead boys like in a really, really good way. And if you don't know who the Dead Boys are, they're like a early punk band. Uh, they did a really cool song called Sonic Reducer. Go listen to it. It's cool. Uh, but like the vocals are very much that. This is, I don't want to call this whole album like throwback old school punk because it isn't. It has a lot more going for it in terms of the quality of the songwriting and how good at playing their instruments they are in a way that most of those early punk bands were not. Uh, but it definitely is has it has some of its roots in like the late 70s you know first wave of punk music uh salt and city uh this song is driven by drums and that is a thing that i will always uh perk up for and it's uh you know the drums are always kind of strong in the mix the guitar does some cool stuff and uh really good use of tremolo picking on the guitar throughout sort of the later parts of the song i just enjoyed that song it's got a good a good beat to it and it you know made me want to listen to it again and again uh 10th planet and this is kind of why i say it doesn't sound like too old school punk is this has got like a really nice chord progression to it and like near the end it gets i would describe the sound as almost lush it's very full and like kind of pretty for an album that is very hard-edged and like everything with attitude and then Mystery Boy, uh, you get like the vocals changed around because you got a different guy singing. But um, it's like at its core, it's just a really well composed rock song. But there's an interplay between the guitar melody and the vocal melody on the chorus that like really, really works well. And you end up with with a really cool song. And I like when you have a band where you got more than one person that can, that can, you know, front and do lead vocals. It is fun once in a while to flip that script around and have more than one vocal sound on a record and i like that they they did a little of that here so uh record breaker thing if credits what matters i'll take credit um it opens up Almost telling you, like, hey, we're going to be in your face and we're going to be yelly um, before the vocals even come in, which I think is really great. It wastes the album wastes zero time. And I can respect that in the punk rock record. Um, Light up the stars. It's kind of 
Go ahead. Speak your... I'm going to let you finish. Um, light up the stars. Um, a bit more uh, melodic, but probably my favorite song on the entire record. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then let it come. Uh, the weird layering at the beginning, the almost like horror movie tonal shifts in the guitar, and then the bottom dropping out was just a really cool way to build that song. Um, I think it's a brilliant end to the album, even though there's the weird secret track, which is in this day and age doesn't work anymore because you see it coming a mile away. Um, but uh, that being said, though, I think that as a song, that ending was really, really so good. Uh, yeah, I also I want to give a shout out uh, an honorary mention uh, uh, to 10th Planet. Uh, for reminding us uh, that there was a time when we thought Pluto was a planet. Ah, uh, yeah. It's not that Pluto doesn't exist anymore. It just doesn't quite qualify as what we have, you know, defined a planet to be. There's a reason it's, for it. It's, it's not out. about the it's a dwarf planet, planet. Gems that will It is a dwarf jiu-jitsu. planet. Pluto I wonder if they play it as ninth planet now. Yeah. They're gonna have to retroactively redesign the reprint those uh, those uh, CD jackets. Maybe hand out some uh, reprints. I'll call it Nice Planet. They're like a couple months off a of re-release, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, let's let's bring it back around the horn to talk about some conclusive thoughts. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusion about this album? I mean, I, I enjoyed my time with this album. This was a very easy album to sit and listen through. Um, you know, it, it it's it's not an album that's going to knock anybody on their ass and be like, wow, like you know, it's it's no Hulk rules. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a a good listen and something that is, you know, you can put on. It's inoffensive um, to to those around you. It's it's got a beat. It's not noise. Um, it's it's there. There's a lot of good going on in here. Uh, it gets my uh, my Brett Hibbard's good housekeeping cat fancy seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusion on this album as a whole? Uh, this is an album that rewards you for listening to it a couple of times, I think. The first time I was like, eh, it's just shitty punk music. And then I listened to it more and I'm like, oh no, 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 there's so much more here. And... About listen three or four, I'm starting to really put this in sort of the taxonomy of of punk rock music, and and I like I'm a I'm a weirdo who likes connecting the dots between things and seeing how how they how genres evolve. It's just a dumb thing my weirdly academic brain does sometimes, and this this you know connected lines that I had not previously connected, and that. For that, I like appreciated it, and I am gonna have to go down the rabbit hole of like rabbit from rocket from the crypt and drive like Jehu and everything. Like it's it's time now. I know I have to. I enjoyed this enough that I'm like, okay, what else have these guys done? And uh, apparently, it's literally three other bands worth of material. Yes. <laughs> uh Drew, what would be your conclusion on this album as a whole? I I always go into this like the reason I like doing it is finding music that like now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it past 
what we listen to it on the show. Something that like I want to throw things in regular rotation. Um, and this one is going to get that treatment. I, I will bring up names that we've done in the past, like your bad rabbits and such that got thrown into regular rotation where like if I'm in a mood like they are something that I'm going to pull out. Um, I even pull out Chromio. Even me. They have a new record Chromio. coming soon. Chromio is hard to avoid. Chromio is so good. Um, but awesome. point being, um, the Hot Snakes is going to be one of those bands for me. It's not like this is like, I get it. And it's, it's a fun listen. And there's, there is a lot there for it being a really simple band, which sometimes that works really, really well. And sometimes you just need that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bad Rabbit. I'm, I'm always like this close to like moving to New York and just seeing a billion Bad Rabbit shows, even if it's in New York or, or elsewhere in the Northeast. Like, like uh, me, it'll be me and fucking Curtis Lerac. Like, like, uh, do I spell what? God damn it. I Curtis Lorock. Lorock. I'm sorry, Curtis. I love you. Yeah, I got a bunch of very drunk snaps from him and uh, Liana Moose last yes. night. So that was fun. <laughs> Them too. Nice. And then Mike, like, we'll all just, like, fucking do, go shows, go to shows. God damn it. Now I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, at the very least, I'm going to have to make sure I, I come up sometime for, at some point for a weekend or something. Uh, yeah, come up. Yeah, come through. Uh, but yeah, Mike, what would be your, so I had, I had like three, three thoughts on this album that I thought were interesting. Like the first one I was going to bring up drive like Jehu. Cause this is a band that like hot snakes sounds like very kind of stripped down rock at first, but their band right before this is like, they did these crazy, like some songs are like seven minute long math rock songs where they just kind of experimented with stuff. And this was kind of like their album uh, to just like chop it all down into like the smallest parts they could um, and just play like a really basic stripped down thing. The other thing that's interesting is they recorded this album and they did all the work on this while they lived on opposite coasts. So like the, the, the main lead singer lives in New York and I actually ran into him a while ago. And then the other guy, John, lives on the West Coast and their drummer lived in Philadelphia. So they were just traveling and they would just record this in like little bursts at different times and they would just do like little quick tours whenever john was on break from rockets from the crypt and the other thing is more guitar based and i thought it was uh a cool idea that i'd never really thought of but the way uh john plays his guitar is he has both pickups split out the back of his guitar going out two cables to two separate uh half stacks so each pickup goes to its own half stack which now I kind of, I have a guitar that I can completely mess with, and I think I'm going to end up trying to do that at some point, although I don't have two half stacks, so this might take a little time. Yeah. <laughs> First, you're going to have to afford an extra yeah. half stack. <laughs> it's always been one of those things I've been trying to like chase that tone, like the like the old Smashing Pumpkin stuff where it's just super loud and kind of... I mean, he sold all of his... He sold a pile of his gear on Reverb a couple of months ago. If you had a million dollars, you could have yeah. literally bought the tone. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a million dollars, could also buy it for coat. But also, as and someone as someone who at least once a year tries to figure out in guitar rig how to make Bob Mould tone, <laughs> I appre- I know what you're doing. I get it. <laughs> I appreciate the three of us tried to slam in <laughs> references all at the same time. We're all a bunch of idiots. We're yes. all fucking dorks. And that's why this podcast works. 
Um, yes. This album works. is really cool. <laughs> works. I mean, yeah. This is a work. Uh, this is a work. It's a shoot, brother. Is, uh, this is fun. Uh, this is a fun album. So, uh, And this is cool. So let bring, that concludes the thoughts on this album. Uh, we go into the main event of the evening. We get into our haiku reviews. Uh, let's get to it. Um, Brett, what is your haiku? Simple rock and roll. Not bad for a side project. Hot takes on hot snakes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Oh, wait, no, Patrick, what is your haiku? I'm going to save Drew for a second. Patrick. Classic punk rock roots. Link's eras of post-hardcore really grew on me. Yes. Uh, all right, I'm going to do my haiku now. Uh, hardcore Fuzzy Crunch. Great for me to space out to a fun mess of sounds. Uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Thank you for coming. Giving me a big surprise. Now, in rotation. Uh, Mike, what is your haiku? So I saved a revelation that took me a little bit of time to realize uh, for my haiku. Starting now. Lastly, did you know Hot Snakes is really slang for a big pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The more I, you know. I'd never heard that slang term before, and I'd listened to him for a few years, and then, then someone's like, oh, hot snakes, like a pile of shit. And I was like, oh, oh, I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, now I have to like, make The record breakers editing. are educational. Mm-hmm. As a, the, the, like... The, Let's put ourselves for the podcast awards for educational podcasts. I'm sure we will not make it. Yes. Yeah, we'll clean up. Uh, yeah. Sorry, it was me noting that down. Uh, <laughs> yes. Those are our thoughts on Hot Snakes. Uh, uh, both the band and the term. Uh, mm-hmm. And the album Automatic Midnight. Go check it out. It is on our Spotify playlist, uh, you can listen to at home, play Record Breakers, the home game. Probably were surprised if you get notified by that if you subscribe, you know. <laughs> uh, but subscribe also. Subscribe to our playlist so you get notified every time it gets added. You know, <laughs> do that. Uh, on that Spotify. Well, actually, no, not on that Spotify playlist. No, sorry. Uh-huh. No, no, definitely not on a Spotify playlist. Unfortunately, uh, the band is, but this album is not. Uh, we're going to be talking about a very cool Japanese rock band by the name of Bandmaid. They're an all-girl Japanese rock band. They all dress like maids from maid cafes. So, But there's something really, something more going on musically, so... Uh, we're going to have that discussion later, last week, but that is next week, and this is this week. And you can, of course, find us, well, let's, uh, first of all, Mike, what, what, where, where, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Just right there, mostly, on Twitter. I don't have much other than that going on right now. 
Yes. At Aberrant. Poking my at symbol right in the yes. <laughs> right, right in the, in the poke it. Right in the at. Poke yeah. me in the at. Uh stinker finger in my at uh is he's at at or at Aberrant. Uh, A-V-A-R-A-N-T I can't reach it uh, And you can of course find us all over the internet uh, Patrick is at the swagger Brett is at hippie H-I-V-B-I-2-I-B-I-B-B-A-R-D Drew is at X, Drew X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at four record breakers. That's the number four record breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com is the email. So you can email us your emails. Uh, Electronically? All, yes. As opposed to Hopefully. regular mail. It's your email. Uh, electronic mail, people. Uh, Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Or the other show. Uh, Rebelli TV on YouTube and on Twitch. I, should, I say this and other shows in case I ever decide to do a third. Uh, yes. uh, subscribe, like, share, do all the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>